so you're thinking about starting a podcast, but what do you actually talk about? Well, in this episode, Jameson and I are going to walk you through our podcast content strategy and how we have made sure that our content is actually driving our ideal clients towards our products, programs, and services. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me every week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Welcome back to my amazing podcast producer, editor, and husband, Jameson Cook. Hello. We are talking in this episode not about the logistics. We handled that in the last one. So if you're wondering about, you know, how to choose your title or what kind of microphone you should use, go listen to that one first. But we really wanted to have a whole episode dedicated just to the content because often when we see people looking for information about starting a podcast, they just stop at what mic to use or what software to use or what their music should be. And they don't think about what they actually want to say in the show. And because they don't have a clear plan for what they want to say, how the show fits into the overall you know, marketing strategy for their business, they end up with a show that kind of fizzles out really quickly. In fact, um, when I was at She Podcast, they talked about pod fading and that a lot of podcasts don't make it past the first 10 episodes. And I think a lot of that is they just don't have a content strategy. So there's a few things that we want to talk about here. We want to talk about what kind of show format you want to focus on. We want to talk about the episodes to launch with. And then we want to make sure you have a clear idea of your overall content strategy so you can rinse and repeat. So let's start with talking about your show format because there's a lot of different types of podcasts out there. If you are a podcast listener, you've probably listened to different types of shows. So there are solo podcasts, people like me who just record themselves most of the time and they don't necessarily have guests or a co-host. Then there's co-hosted podcasts, which is kind of what we're doing right now because we're sitting next to each other and trying to record this with a straight face. That's right, Rachel. It's really hard. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) So we do not have a co-hosted podcast, but if you want to listen to some other co-hosted podcasts to get an idea of what that could look like, I recommend checking out Being Boss is a really great one for women entrepreneurs. And Young House Love has a podcast, which is not about entrepreneurship at all. It's about DIY and design at home. And they are hilarious. They're also based here in Richmond, Virginia, which is fun. But There's a few podcasts out there where there's two people who are on every single episode together creating the content. Then probably one of the most popular types of formats is an interview format. And I think this is what a lot of new podcasts we see um, people are going towards first is they want to do an interview style podcast. One of the things I would really think about if you are considering an interview style podcast, um, one is It is a little bit more work simply because not only do you have to edit or your editor has to edit um, two voices at the same time, and that can get a little bit tricky, but 
you also have to manage all the people you're interviewing. So you actually have to book them and remind them and follow up and make sure they have all the details and make sure they know how to do whatever software you're doing um, and follow up with them so they help you promote the show, all of that. So it is a little bit more complex to have an interview show, but they can be really great. Another final thing I would say about an interview style show is if you choose to have an interview show, you want to think about what's going to make it unique or different um, because there's a lot of shows out there where it's just kind of like the origin story over and over and over again. So how did you overcome this thing or what was your journey as an entrepreneur? What was your health journey? What was your relationship journey? It's all like hero's journey style interviews. And while that's great, you might end up with a show that sounds a lot like everyone else's. I really love um, two or three podcasts I'll mention who I think do a great job with interviews and put their own spin on it. I love Claire Pelletro's Get Paid podcast. She, when she interviews you, she's specifically asking, how do you make money in your business? So she wants the breakdown of like, what offers do you have? How did you market that? How did you sell that? How did you make the money that you made last year? And she asks hard questions. Like she really wants you to come with your numbers and sharing exactly how it all happened. So I think that's really interesting and people love that podcast. I also like the What Works podcast from my friend Tara McMullen. And one thing I really like about her interviews is, again, it's not about your entrepreneurial journey. She's asking specifically for something that worked in your business. So um, she interviewed me, I think it was earlier this year, about how our experiment for the CEO retreat turned into kind of our cornerstone event and how we have continued to fill the CEO retreat every single quarter which is a challenge. So hosting an event every single quarter takes a lot of work. And we broke down exactly like what the marketing strategy looked like, how we covered the cost for it, what the expenses were, all of that. She wanted to break down exactly what was working for that specific thing I did in my business. And the final interview um, show that I think is really interesting was the Marketing Personalities show with Britt Colo. She is into the whole Myers-Briggs personality types and has an entire system to help you align your marketing with your personality type, which is really interesting. And I had happened to purchase her personality type. I'm an INFJ. I purchased her guide. And then I was really lucky that I won a consult with her. I didn't even realize I won it. I was just sharing the awesome guide because I thought it was so great. And I won a consult with her. And then I ended up on her show talking about how being an INFJ has influenced my marketing strategies. And I think that is a great interview show. And I think the reason all of these really work is just because they have a different spin. It's not the same, you know, hero's journey again and again. It really is digging into something unique that maybe um, you're not going to get from another podcast. So if I go on to um, all three of these podcasts, you're kind of hearing a different piece of content from me each time instead of the same story again and again and again, which is more interesting for me bringing my audience over to those podcasts. The final thing I think um, you can think about is... If your show is serving a very specific niche and you're really tailoring your content to a specific niche or a super specific topic, 
Um, this is where you don't need to look around at what your peers are doing, what other people in the industry are doing to come up with your topics, to come up with your content. You really want to focus on what your audience is asking for. So a great example of this is my friend Katie um, Kremistos podcast, The Women's Meditation Network. And when she launched that podcast, she started making episodes based specifically on what her audience was asking for. So they were saying, I want a podcast for new moms. I want a podcast for sleep. I want a podcast for family stress. Like any topic that her audience was telling her and communicating to her, she started making those episodes very tailored to them. And I thought that was a really brilliant way to make sure that you're directly answering the types of questions or the the types of content that your people are wanting. So I think overall, when we're thinking about the show format, the biggest thing is we want you to put your unique spin on it and really make it yours and not just a carbon copy of other types of podcasts that are out there. Right. Just as when you're considering like your podcast name, description, artwork, music, you're going to try your best to reflect your brand and your own voice in your industry. You want to do the same thing with the general content and structure of the content of your shows whether it's going to be solo shows, if that's the best way to deliver content to your audience for your business, or an interview series, if you want to bring other professionals in the industry, or the voices of some of your clients and colleagues. You want to really use this as a platform for your voice. And the final thing I'll say around um, formatting is, in addition to making sure it's your voice, it's in your brand, it has a unique spin and it doesn't sound like everything else that's out there is I want you to truly think about how you need this to show up in your business. Like what purpose does this serve? For a lot of us, our content is educational in nature. So we need to make sure that we're not deviating too far from that purpose. Like if the purpose of your content is to educate your potential clients so that they're ready to learn about that next step of working with you, then we want to make sure we're delivering a lot of educational content. If your content is geared towards being motivational and inspiring, I think that is great. There's a lot of motivational and inspiring podcasts out there. The one thing I will say about the motivational and inspiring podcast is we want to make sure that there's still some action that people can take from it um, because otherwise they won't leave the podcast and go actually follow you in other areas of your business. So we want to make sure every format that you're choosing, whether it's educational, motivational, you're sharing behind the scenes, you're sharing stories, you're sharing interviews, whatever it is, we want to be thinking about how it fits into your business and how you're using it to get people from the podcast into your business. All right. The next couple of things that I think everyone who wants to launch a podcast should think about is launching with a few podcast ready to go so that they can all kind of go out at the same time. And there's a few reasons for this. One is it does take a little bit of time. How much time does it taking? Like if you are creating a new podcast, you're submitting it to Apple Podcasts or whatever, it could take up to a week or two, right? Once you've uploaded your show and started your show at a hosting provider like Libsyn, it can take up to two weeks for that show to be approved and recognized and appear on any platform like Apple. Yeah. So that's one thing I I think a lot of people get a little upset at. They get a little freaked out about because they have this launch day in mind and they're like, I'm going to 
get it up and it's going to be live, but then they go to submit it and they realize it's going to take a few weeks or they've submitted it and they're wondering, well, why hasn't it been approved yet? Why isn't it showing up on these places? So that's why you want to have kind of a like launch strategy for your show. Someone who did a really great job with this is my client, Angie Trueblood. She has a podcast called Go Pitch Yourself, and she exclusively works with clients who are trying to pitch themselves to get podcast interviews, which is a great niche. And one of the things she did was first, she created a little short mini trailer that was just a few minutes long. And it basically said, get excited, go pitch yourself is coming. And it gave a quick little overview of what the podcast was going to be about. But what it really let her do was go ahead and make sure that once she uploaded it to her podcast host, that it was getting accepted on all of the podcast players um, before she wanted to officially launch it. So it kind of made sure she had that placeholder sitting up there, kind of like a coming soon page on a website that's not quite ready to launch yet. And that way she knew it would be ready as soon as you know, she was ready to launch the rest of the episodes. So that was one thing. A a little short mini trailer I think is great. And I highly recommend going and listening to her little mini trailer. I think she did a great job with that. And the next thing is to have a few episodes ready to go. Angie did this really, really well. Again, I'm going to just brag on her a little bit because it's been, again, four or five years since, (laughs) since we started our podcast. So this is what is literally just happened in the last few months. So it's a little bit more um, recent and relevant. So she has a whole episode that was kind of a welcome to the show. Here's how I got into pitching podcasts. Here's my story. Here's my results. And here's what we're going to talk about on the show. That was the first episode. Then the second episode was all about why this is so important and relevant, why you should be paying attention. So for Angie's podcast, it was why pitching yourself for podcast interviews can help you grow your business and grow your authority. And then the next episode was a how-to episode. So it was specifically how to approach certain types of podcast hosts. And she actually did that as an interview. All of those episodes were recorded and went live on the exact same day, on launch day. And I think that was great because then the minute she announced that it was live, it gave people... Not just, you know, a quick little show to listen to, but it gave them three shows so they could really get an idea of whether or not they wanted to subscribe, if she was somebody that they wanted to continue listening to, and it kind of helped just establish the foundation for the show. Yeah, presenting your biography, authority, credibility, and value right up front is amazing. And just as you can do with blogs and anything else online with your business, you can record this and prepare all this well in advance of any given date, queue it up so it's on the schedule. And by using that little mini trailer placeholder earlier on, Angie was able to make sure that it was already accepted into all the podcast players and delivery platforms so that when she was ready to launch all this content to establish her authority, credibility, expertise, and, and an actionable piece of value for her audience, it all hit and launched and was present and landed on the internets at the same time. Yeah. And it made it a lot easier for her to start promoting right away. So another thing she did in, in, alongside of this was she sent out an email 
to probably a couple dozen business BFFs, friends, colleagues, peers saying, hey, the show is coming. Will you help me share it? And she asked for people to subscribe, to leave a review, to share the show. She made graphics for everybody to share, which is great. Um, and just asking for that little bit of support up front is great because in that day that you're actually dropping all of those first three episodes, it'll give it a nice little bump and people in your your field and your industry will start to pay attention. Um, I know that there's a lot of podcast geeks out there who will say this is the strategy to get on the new and noteworthy section of Apple Podcasts. That may or may not be true. It's really hard to game that system. So I don't want you to focus on that. Again, this is about building a marketing platform for your business. It's about showcasing your authority and expertise. While that could happen, we really want to be focused on the long game here um, and how you're using it to nurture your community. So I'm not too worried about landing on new and noteworthy, but it is great if you can build a little bit of excitement in your existing community and with your existing colleagues and peers, etc., about your show launching. So this is the part that I really get excited about. What are you talking about? Like, what are your all your episodes about? One of the things that I see in a lot of content marketing is that people just, it seems like they sit down and they brainstorm all these different ideas, but they don't quite fit together. They don't quite um, tell a big picture story or lead people towards their paid programs and services. So everything that we do is all about starting with the end in mind. What is the next product, program, service, event, offer that we have on the calendar? And how can we make sure that all of our content that will be coming out leading up to that is helping to tell a complete story, to tell a complete narrative and help our potential clients go through that customer journey all the way from, you know, what is this topic? Why is this important and relevant? What do they need to know about it? What do they need to avoid? What is the gap between where they are and where they want to be towards being ready to hear about the offer. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of reverse engineering getting the sale because instead of just throwing a ton of sales stuff for a product, program, or service they have never heard of, they've already been warmed up through this whole customer journey. We built it into our content strategy. This is exactly what I talked about when I was at She Podcast Live. Um, my whole talk was about how we have used this strategy to help fill our products, programs, and services. So I recommend, again, starting with whatever the next offer is. And then in the weeks leading up to it, you're going to put content out in front of your community that leads them to that offer. So you might have three pieces of content. You might have six pieces of content. If you go backwards, you will see everything we do is a series. The entire month of November was a series about the CEO planner. And all we did was content that took people through a process to learn about the CEO planner and it helped us sell it out really, really quickly. So here are some of the different types of content you might think about. The first and probably most important is the opportunity. So this is when you are really focusing on the specific topic of your upcoming offer and you're sharing with your audience, why is this topic so important and relevant? 
Why is this so important and relevant? If you can't help people see why this is an important and relevant topic to them right now, then they will never buy because there will not be any urgency for them to make a change or to take action or to do anything. So we want to make sure that we're establishing that, hey, this is an important topic. It is super relevant to you. You need to pay attention to this right now. And it lays kind of like that first brick in the path towards hearing more about your offer. So the opportunity, if you literally go back and start listening to any of the series of content we have created, um, a great example is the series we did for Get More Clients, which the opportunity episode was all about the fastest path to cash is not launching a course or creating a passive income product. It's getting one-on-one clients. And it was all about setting that foundational piece of content, why you should get one-on-one clients to grow your business more quickly. The next types of content, um, you can mix and match a little bit. I tend to cover a lot of these in different series, but I think this gives us a lot of ways that you can approach talking about your topics. So I love to have a myths piece of content, an episode dedicated to the myths that people might believe about this specific topic. So these could be the myths, this could be the misinformation, this could be things that people are hearing that you know as the expert are not true, this could be um, what a lot of people believe to be true because they heard from so-and-so, But if they were to talk to an expert, they would learn the real truth that you know. So I love this piece of content because it really positions you as an expert. And I think that's something a a lot of podcasts I listen to tend to forget to do is position the host as the expert. So if you can say, hey, here are some common myths you might be hearing in the market. Here are some myths you might be seeing online or some misinformation out there. This is your chance to say, hey, here's the facts. Here's what you really need to know. Another piece that's very similar to that is the mistakes. Now, it's a little different because the mistakes is all about acknowledging that if your potential clients have been on this path, they've been trying to get this result on their own, they have probably stumbled. They have probably run into an obstacle. They've run into a roadblock. They've fallen off course. They haven't continued the the journey. They haven't stayed accountable to it. So this is where you're really acknowledging the common mistakes that they might have come up against and coaching them around it. Often people tend to make the same mistakes again and again, and it's not because they're not capable. It's not because they don't want it enough. It's because they don't realize there's another way to get where they want to go. And so they really need you to show up as the expert and say, hey, here's the common mistakes a lot of people make. Maybe you made one or two of these, or maybe you can see that this might become a problem for you. I'm going to be the person that shines a light on the path and really helps you navigate this and avoid some of these mistakes or at least get up from them a lot faster. A new type of episode I have been adding into these content series leading into an offer have been the mindset shift. And I'll be the first to say this is not necessarily um, something that comes as easily to me. I'm definitely more of a strategy, how-to type of person, but I realize that often my clients or my potential clients weren't taking action towards signing up for me, even though this offer was perfect for them, it would be the thing that could help them get where they want to go, is they had some sort of belief or habit 
or mindset that was just keeping them stuck. And that was becoming an objection whenever I was inviting them into my offer. So pay attention to when people say no and really dig a little bit deeper into why people are saying no to your offers because there might be some mindset shifts you need to make in order for them to be ready, in order for them to believe that they could get the results that they are looking for out of your offer. So a great example of this was an episode I did when we were promoting the CEO Accelerator, which is my mastermind program. I created an episode called The ROI of Thinking Like a CEO. And this was all about... How do you think about investing into yourself, into your business, hiring people, taking on bigger expenses? What does that ROI need to look like? And really shifting the focus from things being just expenses, like if I take this level program or I hire a coach or a consultant at this level, that is an expense, to this is an investment and I should be getting that return really quickly. Here's what that should look like. That really helped overcome some of those mindset challenges of people saying, well, I don't know if I'll get the money back on this, or I don't know if I will get the return I'm looking for from this particular offer. Okay. The small win is a really easy episode for me simply because again, I'm, I'm a how-to person and this isn't where you just drown people in too much information. Be very careful about that. I think this is where you can share a quick win where people can take it and try it and see how it works for them. A great example is the CEO date. I have started talking about the CEO date and it's such an easy to digest idea concept that people take that, they implement it, they tag me on social media and I can see that they're getting the result out of it. And that builds the belief in themselves that if they could get the result out of this one idea that Rachel gave me, then when they work with me, they will be able to get even more out of it. So I love a small win. Again, it's not about giving them all the different strategies. It's about giving them something that they can really take and implement and see results with. The final type of episode that I often build into these series is what I would call the preview. And this is a preview of what it actually looks like to work with you. There's a couple different ways this could take. It could be a behind the scenes. Um, If you go back in our podcast, you will see I have taken a question from one of our clients and shared the response from our coaching calls. I have done interviews with my clients, um, asking them about what were the challenges you were facing? What is one thing you learned from this program and you implement it? What were the results? Sharing that kind of information, a case study, sharing the behind the scenes, sharing a peek into what it looks like to work with you is all a perfect way to position what you have to offer. And as you can tell, like this is a lot of content you could potentially create, but once you have these content series in place, it is an asset. We actually share a lot of this content again and again and again, um, not immediately, but if if you have been on our list or in our audience, you have heard me talk about the CEO date probably one or two times a year because once we had it, we knew this is a core signature piece of content. We want to share this concept a lot. So we will bring it up again and again and again. Um, some of the series we have created, we've shared more than once. We just shared the plan your best year ever challenge. And we share the mini trainings from that on the podcast every single November. So even if people have heard it before, 
brand new people haven't, and it's still super valuable and useful. So it's like a signature piece of content that leads people into learning about the CEO retreat. So I hope that makes sense. Um, Again, check out the show notes where you can get the little mini descriptions of all of these. You do not have to do six pieces of content. I think I have a series that's up to nine pieces of content. Some of mine, they've been kind of built out over the years because we keep repurposing and fleshing things out even more to make them more robust. But start with maybe three. Start with the opportunity, a myths or mistakes, and a preview, and you will start to see that your potential clients are getting excited now to hear about the doors opening for your offer or they're getting excited to get an application to work with you. Okay, and before I get into passing off to Jameson to share some recording tips, I just want to say if you get stuck in this area and coming up with the ideas for your content, your podcast topics, the outlines of each of your episodes, this is one of the things that Jameson does as a producer with all of his clients is actually sits down with the kind of frameworks we have for each of these different content types and asks questions to help them build the outline for their show. And that becomes a lot easier to sit down and record when you have that outline in place and you kind of know like, okay, here's the opportunity and here's the three big talking points I want to make sure I hit when I'm recording this episode. It makes it so much easier. Right. Um, Yeah, as far as recording tips go, working from an outline is probably... Number one, um, a lot of people think or may think that you want to fall into writing out and drafting a complete script for yourself to read from word for word, but those type of episodes tend to sound a lot less natural and a lot more artificial, and it just doesn't bring through your natural voice in the way that you would naturally deliver, deliver content or advice to a client or somebody that you're actually working with. So starting with an outline is much better. Once you start pressing record, go slow when recording. If you mess up, you can just pause and then start that section over again. And your editor or yourself can easily cut and cut and paste and put things together and correct that later on. Um, it also helps to record in chunks. Like when you're working from an outline that you've built, just record different chunks or sections of that outline at a time. You can always stop reevaluate, make changes, and then press the record button again. It's a lot simpler, and there's no reason to overthink any of this. The best thing to keep in mind when you're working from an outline, and because you're not working from a script, is just sound like yourself. Think of your audience. Think of the audience for the type of episode you're delivering. Think of the person you're talking to, if it's an interview series or an interview episode. And... Just be yourself, be natural. If uh, you think of another question or another idea that you didn't have in your outline or you didn't have in your list of questions for your interview guest, throw it out there, offer it up. The best shows sound like natural people just talking to you, the listener, or talking to the guest. The more natural you are, the more relatable it will be to any listener out there. I hope that was really helpful for anyone who is getting started recording some podcast episodes, especially over this upcoming holiday break. It's a great time to sit down and start playing around with it, start practicing. Just remember that this is a process. Like 
The first few you do might be a little rough. You don't have to publish those. You can practice a few times, get the hang of it. The more that you do it, the easier it becomes. And you can always reach out and ask for support. I recommend, again, checking out She Podcasts if you're a DIYer. They're a great resource. And if you want to get some more support, reach out to Jameson and book a consult. He has a few spots available going into 2020 to launch a podcast. Well, if you loved today's episode, please leave us a review. That would mean the world to me. And I know Jameson would love to know, what do you think about our two-part series here on how to launch and have a podcast for your business? Let us know by leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. And take a quick screenshot of today's episode and share it with me over on Instagram. That is my favorite place to connect with other people. So you can tag me at rachel.cook and let us know what you are doing with your podcast for 2020. For the full show notes, head over to rachelcook.com slash show. And if you don't want to miss Promote Yourself to CEO or any future episodes, make sure you are subscribed to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you listen to podcasts. Huge shout out to Jameson Cook from JCC Podcast Production for producing and editing the show. You can find him at jamesoncook.com to bring your podcast to life. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. Talk soon. Thank you.